So we'll start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam Om Namo Siddhanam Om Namo Ayariyanam Om Namo Ujjayanam Namo Lue Savasahunam Eso Panchanamo Karo Savapavapanasano Mangalarancha Salvesim Paramam Havai Mangalam Paramam Havai Mangalam So I, I used our time off to review our archives. If you don't know, we, you can find our archives at jainismforeveryone.com. And so what I realized is that it's a lot of me talking and less of you talking. So I'd like to change that a little bit and have it be more of a discussion. Um, and so I thought today we'd have... Hi. We had thought today we'd have an open discussion day. So the first thing I want to ask you, a lot of times I feel like I, uh, I learn something and then I turn it over in my head and I have a question or comment about it, but it's too late because you know we're not in the class anymore or the time has passed or I can't ask somebody about it. So do you have any questions or comments on any of our classes that we had previous? I was thinking about our last class, the Anekantwa, uh -huh. the first one. So if I put that things to the test, yeah, say nothing is true, nothing is what we know is right. Uh, or no, it's not no, that not, nothing, nothing is true. Is, yeah, because the blind men still there's still an elephant there. Elephant there, right? So we don't perceive it correctly, and we often make incorrect assumptions. So, can I say the same thing for Jainism? What what I've been seeing, what I understand, mm -hmm. cannot be the fact. Could not, may not be the fact. Right, and that's the examples that, for example, Neil brought up. This thing about, well, what is the purpose of not eating after right. after sunset, right? And if that purpose is gone, then can I, even though, quote unquote, Jainism, Jainism. has said you shouldn't do it. Uh, Am I being a bad Jain or am I attracting bad karma, which right. is more relevant, if I do do it? And we talked about, well, the whole purpose is the examination. And you put it through that filter right. and you make up your mind. And then if you do receive bad karma, you accept that. You accept the consequences of your actions. So it is true that you should look at Jainism from an Anikantvat perspective. You guys came in on an easy day. It's open discussion day because I've been talking too much as I review our archives. So we're talking about questions or comments that we had on anything previous in case you've turned it over in your head. If you want to have a little reminder, we talked about Anikantvad. We talked about um, Ahimsa. Before that, we talked about... Oh, we did actual meditation. I don't know if you guys were here for that. I like that one. We talked about... Uh, how to get rid of anger, ego, deceit, and greed in your life, which is hard because you're good people. But, and we went over the karma theory, which we'd liken to a mountain of dirt on your soul. I don't know if you guys remember that. This was a very nice one. We went over the power of stories and how the stories you tell yourself about yourself can affect your life. And I really was quite taken aback that most of you guys don't believe you're a soul. So how do we change that? 
Because once you start believing your soul, that's the first step to change your life. Because if you are a soul, then more things, different things take priority in your life. If you believe you are a soul, you'll think differently, you'll act differently. That really is the catalyst to your life changing. I don't know if, how many of you were here, but we went around the room and basically it was only one person that believed that he was a soul. And so, how can we get you guys to believe you're a soul? So here's one thing. So here's one thing I've done for myself. So I have thought about my actions and those consequences. And because the karma theory is true, I have put together actions and consequences that have come later together and verified for myself that karma theory is true. Has anybody tried to do that? Has anybody tried to think of, well, why is this happening to me now? And come to a realization that this is happening to me now because of something I did previously. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, Can you tell us about some of the, the times? So, so because if we kind of see this as evidence, we will start believing we are souls. Yeah, so I don't obviously relate to as to what I would have done in the past, uh -huh. but uh, the way I look at it is, uh, for example, last one, one and a half years, I've been desperately waiting to get promoted. And yeah. it, it was stretching like anything, okay? yeah. like a rubber band. Uh -huh. And every every quarter I get to I get a commitment from my senior leadership that it's all done, Sandeep. Don't worry, it's done. <laughs> it's it's just a matter of getting these out. And then again it slips. And month after month, month after month, and that last sixteen or eighteen months has been really painful. And right. uh, I get disappointed, obviously, uh, because you're expecting and and things are coming from your unit head or. Vice President of the company and if those are not being kept then you feel dejected right then mm -hmm. the way I looked at it was I leaned towards spirituality or Jainism and, and then I started thinking in those lines that maybe I I, I had done something mm -hmm. in the past that is why things are getting delayed or I'm just paying for what I've done right and that way I tried to console myself and not really get bored bothered about why it is not happening. So I, I I see that not just with this example, with several of them right. that you feel like, you know, you would have something is there attached to your soul, which is mm -hmm. which is why it is now going off or and, mm -hmm. and again it depends on how you react. So if you get more tensed or if you react in a way in which you should not, mm -hmm. then more karma get attached to your soul. Right? <laughs> so that way, that is how I have learned in the last few months, mm -hmm. just to keep myself not having a lot of expectation uh, and then be normal and just go with the f Yeah, so with regards to my, my life, I have two specific examples I can think of that proved to me that karma theory was true. One time I stole something and a while later something was stolen from me. Now you might say that's a coincidence. I don't believe it was a coincidence because of the nature of what happened. And also another time I got greedy about something. And then I was, I was punished for a year for getting greedy about something. And then when the realization hit me um, that 
whatever I was currently in this punishment because of that instantly it lifted I don't even I don't even know why I'll tell you what happened it happened in the shower right I was thinking about it and I was thinking about what was going wrong in my life because it was like this year-long punishment in my life and I was thinking about what was going wrong and how I could change it and I remembered that one time I remembered it and I was like you know I got greedy that one time and could this be the reaction and I'll tell you what that day it lifted okay and that day several good things started happening to me and I put two and two together and I realized like oh okay I got greedy and I was punished for it and when it lifted then things started happening for me and my life started turning around and that made me believe I mean I believed in it before but that provided evidence for me so I encourage you to look at your life and look at the things that are happening to you now and think about why they may be happening to you based on your karma. So today is an easy day. We're doing an open discussion day because I talk too much and you guys don't talk enough. And so we're first of, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go through our previous discussions. And if you guys have any questions or comments, we'll talk about that. And what we're talking about now is, unfortunately, most of us don't believe we're souls. And we're trying to find out why. And I'm trying to get you guys to believe that you're souls because that will be a catalyst for your life to change. And so one way to do it is to find evidence that this karma theory is true. And once you find evidence of that, well then it's obvious that you are a soul. So how else can we start believing that we're souls? Well, one way is to uncover the happiness, the characteristics of your soul. The characteristics of your soul are infinite knowledge, infinite happiness, infinite peace, and so on, right? And if your mind is still enough, you'll start to feel that. That's what people feel when they start to meditate, right? So when, and it's possible to do, speak, uh, it's possible to experience your soul directly, okay? So once you start doing meditation and uncovering that from your soul, that's one way to help you believe your soul when you get those benefits from meditation. So going back <clears throat> further into our archives, uh, we did awareness exercises at the start of this year. We might do that one again. I was disappointed in how that one came out because we didn't, we didn't really come to any realization. So we might do that again after we talked about uh, everything we talked about this year. Last year we talked about um, why we do things in English and English only. We talked about how to bring young people back into our Jane centers. We talked about prayer. We talked twice about prayer, why prayer is important and what we should think about when we pray. Uh, we talked about the five minor vows, the six substances. Oh, we talked about Mahavir's life. In case you, any of you haven't um, uh, listened to that discussion, we talked about the historical evidence of his life and what he went through through his life. We talked about meditation, the types of karma. We talked about nirjara, mindfulness. We talked about how to communicate Jainism to our children. That was a very good discussion that we had. Um, relaxation strategies, anger, ego, deceit, and greed, which we talk about all the time. Oh, I like this one, emotions. We talked about what are emotions and how they... Um, how you can change your life by thinking differently about your emotions. We talked about is clean meat being Jane? 
We talked about whether uh, you have free will or not. I encourage you to go back to that one. And we talked about you are not your thoughts. So that's just a little reminder of what we've been through so far. Any questions or comments on any of that? Anybody have any realizations that about what we talked about after we talked about it later on? Has anybody taken a look at the website and listened to some class that they missed? Oh, that's yeah, great. That. Oh, that's great. I've even forwarded it to someone else. <laughs> like, hey, this might be something you might want to listen to. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for that. That must be why our subscriber count increased. <laughs> I listened to the stories. Uh, there is a right. story section also. So. Oh, that's great. All right. So now let's talk about things that are going on in your life right now. And I'll, while you think about things that are going on in your life, I'll, think of, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that's going on in my life. So my children treat my wife much better than me. And I realize that I've become the bad cop and she's become the good cop. And so I was letting it get to me, right? But, I re but using mindfulness and taking a look at the big picture, I've been able to overcome that. Right? I've been able to overcome kind of having to be the bad guy or having to dish out punishments or things like that. And I know that they'll come around. And I know that um, uh, they will, our relationship will change because our relationship is always changing. So I know it, it gets a little better from here. So let's talk about what's going on in your life. The holidays are coming up. Things are getting very stressful, very busy. December's almost over, practically, with all the stuff we have to do. I, I can share something, uh, not, well, it is a current thing for me, but uh -huh. uh, goes back to the realization of soul. Uh -huh. So yeah. one thing I have learned, or I'm trying to learn, I should say, is that there are, at work or in your personal life, there are always few things that's bothering you, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the way I have operated in the past is that I'm very focused. If I have something on my list, that is it. Right. And there's a to-do list that I have on my laptop and my wife is always tells me, don't put it on your list because if it is on your list, that's it. I'm like, it has to happen, otherwise <laughs> it doesn't go, right? Right. So, so the list thing helps me because I'm focused. I know which 20 things I should be doing in the next quarter or whatever, right? Yeah. And then there are always few challenges with that. Uh -huh. And it can be maybe some personality that I'm uh, dealing with, some person, their attitude or whatever. It can be anything. So one thing I have learned is uh, going back to karma, you know, uh, few of the things that I'm focusing on are not that easy to achieve. So I'm constantly looking at it, the person, how, why he's not doing he or she or whatever, right? And then, uh, you know, I realized that when I do that, I'm building negative energy around myself because now I'm getting upset. I'm frustrated. I'm, the person is not behaving or not doing the way I sh I'm expecting that person to do, right? Then again, right. it comes to expectation. Having expectation is the key of one of the reasons why we are unhappy at times. Yeah, right? You so, had a covert contract with that. Correct. So what I have realized is that being focused is good and having expectation is maybe okay, but if you are constantly harping on those negative 
negativities mm-hmm. then i am just building karma around myself and right. i have realized that at times and sometimes and my dad is a great mentor to me right i'll share with him that hey this is something that's not working out and he's very much into dharma and you know all those religious things and he would tell me that kaushik you know that's good but let it go let it sit on it uh, where it is and don't try to change it because it's not in your control and i realized that when i start thinking negatively about those particular situations and let it go focus somewhere else where it's little bit more productive or positive it automatically works out for me because now i'm not building bad karma around thinking negative about someone right otherwise i'm constantly thinking every day when i am in depending on what that situation if it is office or something else usually it's not office but something else that i do on my own and uh, and i'm like okay let it go hopefully it will work out and then the person who i'm dealing with will realize that now that's not the right thing to do or something like that and it has worked for me so I, maybe that's something that may help others but you know constantly thinking about it and especially negatively may not help you and you know what's so amazing is that you knew that right you didn't need your dad to tell that's you right. that You knew it, but you were so wrapped up in it. That's Absolutely. what we call delusion, right? You were so wrapped up in the day-to-day or the minutia that you you knew it even in the back of your mind, you knew it while you were experiencing that. But you you didn't know how to break out of it. That's right. Right? And and somehow you were able to whether it was a reminder from your dad which is an external mindfulness technique um or something like that. And then you realize the consequence and you put two and two together and when the realization happened you're like how could it have been any other way exactly right so that's what's amazing so that's how that's the benefits of getting the jainism outside of these four walls and into our life because we all know it right you all know it but it's it's just so hard when you go out and you drive your car and you go home and you're wrapped up in the fights you have with your kids and I'm meeting out punishments to my kid or whatever because they're acting up and and you know i know it but it's it when when it occurs you're so wrapped up in it and that's why we call it monia karma right Delude, deluding karma and because you could know the answer yeah. and still not even be able to implement the answer because something is blocking you some obstacle is blocking you right that's why we call this the up, uh there's particular obstacle clearing karma right go ahead and, and in this case just a little bit more so i'm I've been struggling on this for 6 months. My dad last month he said forget about it. Don't expect anything out of this person. He's not going to do what you want. And then I was visiting India. It was a not planned trip. I had to go for work. And the day I land next day morning this person calls me and he tells me basically what I wanted him to do. Kaushik how about meeting tomorrow morning and let's do this. This makes sense. Don't you think I'm like, oh wow, thank you. <laughs> That's what I've been saying for 6 months, right? So, right. it changes. So, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that it is uh, how you think and how you behave and try away from negativity and right. So, so anybody else on an example of how we took what we've learned or what we've discussed outside of here and into our life. One one of the thing I do want to share with the group um same example what you mentioned part of what you mentioned you know everybody has something expectations that we do not get the things that we get into a a, a mode of starting 
questioning and re-questioning ourselves what we have done, what we should have done. So the the gati, one of the gati karma, and I was just looking for the, the because I had it in my old book, the one that helped me, and I always talk about this one to my kids, is something, uh, it's an antaray karma. The antar I antar means the distance, antaray karma. It's, uh, it's an obscuring karma that basically is the reason behind things that you expected, you want something to do and doesn't happen. So uh, as soon as you, you read this chapter, as soon as you understand that concept of antaray karma, that will take away a lot of this type of feeling, a lot of these items. Uh, one of my cousin who has huge factory in, in India and, um, and he has gone through last three years, he has gone through so many transi tran transition, one after another one. And what he wanted to do, what we wanted to do, we never could make it. Um, so f for a year and a half now, we talk about this piece. And I mean, things came out so well after the fact. Mm -hmm. uh, it was much better than what he actually, we both were planning to do. Um, and the only way we could get out of it is talking about a few of these items. Mm -hmm. um, so either you uh, understand certain theories and and you have to take it as a uh, as a face value, uh, just like everything else. You know, if you start going into my mind was pretty black and white. Being an engineer is always black and white. Right. I don't want any gray area. Right? right. Certain things you have to take it as a face value, and once you start applying that, then say yeah, it makes sense. You know, mm -hmm. you worked over something, and all of a sudden something completely different happens, and then you look back and say oh, I was looking for something which was very pity, very small. Mm -hmm. This is much bigger, much better what you got right so that that particular one antaray karma is absolutely i would recommend anybody who wants to uh, go through this type of an experience who is currently facing it uh, much helpful great anyone else i mean all this sounds uh, great you know using applying dinism a lot of times but uh i guess it's a slow process for me it's uh mm -hmm especially with the kids and expectations and all that. Uh, we've lived a life where we are way of doing things and then uh, people come into your lives and we don't really uh, like the way they do things and we're supposed to expect to not to say anything or be nice about it, but uh, it's difficult to make. Uh, right. But it's, we, I may be doing more of it before now than versus before, but I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to just stay quiet and, you know, like, hey, can you clean up this room? And it's constantly having to... If you don't tell them one day or two days, or you tell them one, two days, they do it, and then you don't remind them, they don't, right. they're not going to do it. It's, uh, right. You end up doing it or, for them, but yeah, I was clean. But <laughs> so, uh, well, that's our karma, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, so does anybody have any help for this cleaning room situation or how to get kids to accept chronic responsibility? That is, how to get kids to accept a responsibility and continue it and view it as their job, their work, or something that they are responsible for. I know we have a lot of um, years of experience between us. I still fail. Because we try, it's the same thing like brush yeah. teeth, like you have to be responsible for brushing your teeth or you have to be responsible for, for taking your bath. Or you have to be responsible for cleaning your room. So abstract, this is a very important problem to solve. I mean, I remember you had an example where 
one day of the week, right? You no, no, we do this every day still. Every so, day. Okay. so if you, what I've got to be learned from the from the past, uh, you know, experiences, when things get really messy, it's very hard to fix it at the one time, right? And you spend hours fixing it. Let's say, consider your pantry, right? If you don't keep up with it, after a month or so, you may have to spend two, three hours to fix it, right? Right. But I mean, not that you can do every day. But for the kids' situation, what we do is we we have five minutes walk every night. We go through the entire house almost, and anything that is not belongs to that place goes back to the place. And and we do walk. I mean, you ended up doing the work, but this time at least kids are with you and they are doing it with you. So you are still spending the same time. But if you do five minutes every day, five minutes every day, then I think overall mess gets much much less at the end of the week. And that helps us a lot. Right. So my kids are small, right? They're six right. and three. So if I say, go clean your room, yes. what they hear is that, get away from me. You're not part of the family. Go do something you hate to do in a dark room over there while we have fun over here. Correct. And that gets away from that problem is that we do it together. Right. You know, they like to be near us. They see us working every day for, you know, at that same time every day. So they see us making the commitment, right? And so that gets over that. Right. Instead of go do that, right. it's let us do this. And, right? and it's, it's even simple as one pencil. You know, I'm easily, you can move it from here to the right place, but let them come, let them come down wherever they are. Spend five minutes, maybe 10 minutes extra. But then they get the picture that I'm not gonna pick it up, I'm not gonna do it for them. And they will have to do it and they will do it. I think that identifies the problem. So when they see, mm-hmm. like during the day, even if it's not a part of that five minutes, right. they realize that, that that's out of place, you know? They're gonna have to do it later yeah, that day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, either that or maybe they'll take the initiative and do it then, do it right? right, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, but they've identified the issue, right, Correct. you know? And what and works is when you have two or more kids, right? When one is keeping up with it, the other one doesn't, it actually helps because... Why, because the other one calls the other one out? Yeah, they will call them out. So they don't want to call them out the last five minutes. (laughs) At the night, you know, it's only one kid is working, right? Because everybody else put their own stuff back. That kid, that helps a lot, actually. So I I use that to their advantage. When the responsibility comes, they end up doing it. Right. Right? Of course. Like, most people don't know how to do laundry until they go to college. Right, right. You get the responsibility. It's like, how do I do this? Right. Mm. Then they YouTube it today, right? And they're like, oh, this is what I got to do to do laundry, right? Like, so it's just a matter of how to how to do that. I think that dealing with it and how to deal with it is more important than doing the task, right? Whatever that is, correct. So that they can deal with different challenges uh, when they come up, you know. And I think their thought process of how they think of doing that is even more important than doing that. So tell me another example of how other people are messing up your family life. (laughs) Because a lot of times it's like the TV, right? Social media. Right. Yeah. So tell me another example. You want your family life to be one way and your kids see something else and then that messes it up. Are you talking about like third party or are you talking about other family members? He said anybody outside of family. Okay. No, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm asking you. Right, because... It's like all of uh, that. Because the societal norms are, uh, you know, pushed by different media, right? And unfortunately, the parents are only one. 
and we have to try to control the influx of norms that we do not like from external, from the television or from other families or from things like that. So what, what is another example of these external norms that you don't like? Well, it's um, so some kids who are doing well, and uh, just a general example, you know, they'll be on their de devices and playing and stuff like that. Whereas I tell my kids, um, you know, you need to do practice your work in order to do better. But you don't have that luxury until you get that grade. So right. they feel like my, you know, I'm being a little too pushy and I'm not being fair. And, um, that's, that's right. Just the sad part. So how can we get kids to realize that other kids are having a good time because they finished their work and did it properly? One way I did it was I said, because my daughter has good grades in everything except for one subject she's slipping, handwriting, right? And so I said, well, we need to work on this one. We need to put extra work on this one. And then I said, I have things that I'm working on that I don't do well, that I need to work on. And they said, what? And then and I you know, disclosed that, well, I don't do this well. And so I'm working on it. And you see me working on it every day, right? And so she said, oh, okay. So I just have to do extra work on this handwriting until it's back up with the other grades. And I said, well, now you got it, right? Anybody else with how to deal with this? Over here. Okay, over there too. <laughs> Anybody else with... Um, how to deal with the, that your kids are not like other kids who get good things because they do good things. They finish their work on time and finish it properly. I think that's a double-edged sword because you are now comparing, my kids always say, you're comparing me to someone else. Right. That's not the intent. Right. The intent is that, <clears throat> you know, that's the only way we can, we're used to benchmarking ourselves or saying that, hey, if someone else can do it, then we should be able to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not that specific person, but it just ends up being called out like that. So I think right. that I think that <clears throat> really helping them is is to spend time with them to go do it. And in in the case of doing it with them, and since I've semi-retired and, and since February, I see a huge change in the way they think or what they were doing wrong because I never understood. I was like, oh, well, you could, you could fix this by this, right? And they're like, yeah. And then they wouldn't understand why, right? And so, I don't know, it's uh, just small things from like math problems, right? Like concept is wrong from the beginning, mm -hmm. so it gets screwed up at the end all the right. time. Right. And they make the same mistake. Yeah. Like most people that do math, they, if you give them the same problem again that they got wrong, they make the same mistake without knowing it, even when they check it. So, uh, you know, c coming up with different ways to do it. And I think that the more you involved you are, like you doing it with them, whether that's cleaning or going to their room and doing something, it makes them, it makes you build trust with them. Right. Right, which that's the fundamental part of trying to grow that relationship forward, that hey, I can trust you to come and talk to you and, and whether it's that or anything else for that matter, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that going back to it, I think that there are all these external factors, you know, that he's talking about. And, you know, a device is one of them. I mean, things that we do for devices is that uh, we time them out. Mm -hmm. So um, my youngest daughter, her, 
hers gets timed out at eight o'clock, so she doesn't get it, and she only gets thirty minutes. Right. So after that, she loses the Wi-Fi anyhow. Mm -hmm. So you know, <coughs> uh, there are lots of different ways to do that type of control that helps narrow that down, and then they know right that they're out of time. Yeah. So now the kid, one the youngest one, um, he's learned this because my daughter used to say occasionally, he eats her hands up and says, "I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored." Until you actually sit there, and I don't have that much time in a day. If I come home or whatever, excellent, at 6 o'clock, you only have two, two and a half hours to do everything from eating to the homework to even your own personal time. Right. Before they go to sleep. I'm like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. If you don't give them that, do it. Not that we give in, but they have to figure out, right, to do something. G giving in is, is, is the, right, it's the cop out for us, right? It's like, you know, we, we're frustrated. And remember what Tim said, we're frustrated with ourselves, so we're like here, right? You know, we're, we're the cause of... of, of yeah, of because we right? realize that it's us that are failing when the kids are that, because we don't have the time. Because I would like to spend an hour teaching my kids about homework, right? But the homework takes, it's just a worksheet, it takes them five minutes, and I check them, right? And, you know, but, but then I would like to... You know spend an hour with them at dinner and I would like to spend an hour with them in the bath and I would like to spend an hour with them reading a story and I would like to spend an hour with them putting them to bed and that's five hours that I don't have right so and we're frustrated with ourselves that think, we we know that we don't get that time I think there's a, a lot of different ways that I've tried to resolve that I mean time one thing that you don't get back right right so and yes you, you know to maximize the time and you have to finish a whole bunch of things I mean, my youngest one, I tell her, I was like, listen, I got to finish this. This is the priority. I just write it on a list. This is the priority. I got to do this. You got to do this, right? Why don't you help me do this for 20 minutes and then I'll come help you do this, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it, you have to find creative ways to make them involved in what you do. And it's not me all the time, right? Because my wife also feels like that I'm spending too much time with my youngest daughter or my oldest daughter doing one thing and she doesn't get enough time. So we swap out, right? So it's a, it's not like you have to do it every day. It's just, you know, you have to manage that versus everything else, right? Right. And I think that when once you set the priorities of like what it is, I mean, it helps them think about their priorities too, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's brushing their teeth in the morning or taking their clothes out the night before. So next morning we don't have a challenge of what am I going to wear or you know asking Alexa what's the weather in Sugarland Texas tomorrow or whatever that is right you know and so that gets into their mind of doing that right right and so if you want to have it helps to have a list of priorities and so does anybody know what smart goals are yeah. what are smart goals specific measurable attainable is that what you're yeah to realistic and uh, tea time, time, time bound, right. So it helps to write down your goals and write down and make sure that they're smart. That is, they're specific goals. Like, let's say it's not a general goal, like I want to lose weight. It is a specific goal of I want to lose 10 pounds. It's measurable. So it is that if we continue our example, well, you there is a scale. A lot of times we fail at our goals because they're not measurable. Um, if they're achievable, sometimes we said, sometimes it might be measurable, but your goal is to lose, and specific, but it's, your goal is to lose 50 pounds, which is not achievable. Um, they're relevant or resource that, 
That is, do you have the right resources to achieve your goal? If your goal is to lose 10 pounds and there are cookies and chips in your pantry, your goal is not resourced properly, right? You are setting yourself up for failure. And sometimes it's, um, you don't have what you need. Um, and so your goals are not resourced. And that they're time bound. That they are, you have a specific time in which to accomplish your goal. And I wanna lose 10 pounds in three months, right? And so if you just say, I want to, if you have all the other things, I want to lose 10 pounds and I have the healthy stuff I need and I have a scale and all that, but then you don't say when it is, well, it's two years later and you're only five pounds down, right? Which was not your goal, right? And so especially a, a lot of times new years are the time for setting these goals. It will help because when you have that list and you write it down, first of all, it's, rewiring your brain just writing down the list because when you write something you make it real just like when you say something you make it real just like when you do something you make it even more real there are different layers of reality that we talked about right um, and so it's more than just thinking about it so the writing it down of the goals itself helps and also putting that piece of paper that you written written it down on where you can see it every day will be that external source of mindfulness. So instead of you remembering it all the time, it will be that external source. Oh, your phone is a good place to write it down because you look at your phone every day and you'll see it, oh, am I working on these goals? You know, that will help you resist the temptation to have dessert that day because you saw it and then that helps you and then you see it again the next day and that helps you, that's that external source of mindfulness. So I recommend everybody Write down these SMART goals that you have for your life. I did it um, and it really helped me. It helped me uh, do a lot of things that I kind of was planning on doing but didn't really have any um, motivation behind getting the goals done because they're kind of these goals that I could accomplish at any time. But uh, has anybody used this SMART goal process and has it made a difference in their life? Actually, in school nowadays, uh, we have a new, they're starting up a new school, and they're doing exactly the same thing. Now, rather than, you know, the concept is that uh, it's FBIZ school, the concept they're using now is, you know, every child could have a different learning goals, mm -hmm. and they make them write down. So there is a, some, some goals that are required by the board, but then there's an individual child who will have a goal, and they have to write them down themselves or with the help of parent. And a similar concept, and every, you know, every week when the, the folder comes home, you take a look at it. So I think or to just uh, add to it that yes, th I think this works. Uh, I have done that uh, in the professional side and it has helped. And, uh, and it's two ways I've seen. You, you keep it in front of you and then you focus on it day to day that it, you really achieve it. Otherwise, if you just you know, look at it at the year end when the performance evaluation comes. Right. So yeah, I think it works and definitely. And I remember one of the teacher came here uh, for uh, college prep. Uh, and she mentioned, you know, the goal, I mean, you know, when you come to college and you, uh, you really start that at the kindergarten level and the small things such as setting up goals, I think it's part of it. Right. So I, uh, we've done it, but not, not for our kids as much. Right. Uh, as I, I think we should. So maybe we can have a smart goal right down with our kids to have our room clean every week on this day and we go through it and we walk through it every week and we say, oh, the room's not clean, this was our goal, and we put it on their wall and they have that idea that, oh, okay, 
you know, dad's, it's not just dad saying, go clean your room and he forgets about it. He's like, dad's going to be looking at this every week. And then, you know, I get a little reward every week if I did it myself and I put a check mark next to it that week. Something like that can uh, bring our kids into the picture and we can set up goals as a family. One thing I'd like to mention to you guys is that most people make the same mistakes over and over again in their life. Um, and your job is to understand what those mistakes are for you. That is, most people don't learn from their mistakes and that's why they make the same mistakes over and over and over, whether it's with money, whether it's with women, whether it's with their job, whether it's with relating to people, things like that, is that they can't overcome themselves. Um, and so they just go through their life making the same mistake over and over. So if you have any of those, then really try to work on those because those mistakes are overcome, over, overcomable. I don't think that's a word. Um, and you can have a better life by a, applying what we learn here and what we discuss here, whether it's you know Jainism or not, whether it's with kids, whether it's with family. Um, but the trick is to getting what we discuss here outside of here. So I think that was a good discussion today. It wasn't me talking too much, so that's good. Hopefully that will continue. Um, any other questions or comments? Well, one thing is, and as you mentioned, whether it's smart goals and overcoming ourselves and, and both the things ties uh, to what Nick said earlier, uh, I think in, in the current society, the challenge is the environment is such a way that we are pulled away uh, from from kids in, in, in this example. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, there's a force that's pulling us out. For example, it's our own chores or our uh, kind of private time or things like that that mm -hmm. we want to do, which mm -hmm. usually ends up, for me, it's always Facebook and WhatsApp. Right. Versus the spending the time with, uh, with kids. And, uh, you know, Nirek uh, tells me a lot that I'm bored. I mean, that's his way of yeah. getting my attention. So I've now jokingly called him Mr. Bored because yeah. he's like, okay, you're not Nirek, you're bored. So now he knows that when that happens, now, I, I realize it for myself, whenever I have to joke, that means it's something I need to get his, wear him down by playing ball or something like that. Whatever right. he wants to do for 15, 20 minutes. When I wear him down, he's ready for, for taking a break. Right. So I think it, it's inevitable for all of us to spend time, more and more time, which we have limited uh, in, uh, because of traveling and things like that. So, Somehow, if we can make this happen and figure out what works when they are uh, either when you see them or whether it's Bowen's example, I, uh, I think we're going to try that as well, that you spend time and, and recognize. Uh, it's, but it's going to take time. And I think what we'll have to figure out is how to spend that quality time uh, sure. without distractions that we have more so with the social media. Right. And obviously, the problem is, is that the kids want all of your time, right? They want an unlimited amount of your time, which we obviously don't have. So the, the, the problem is having the time that we do have be quality time, right? Just like every kid, you know, every kid will test your patience farther, more than you have patience. Even you have the most patient, if you're the most patient person in the world, it's the nature of a child to push past that, to find where that line is, right? And so, uh, it's not a matter of if we lose our patience, and it's not the problem is that we're losing our patience. It's the problem is 
our reaction to that or what happens when we lose our patients because it's inevitable that we'll lose our patients just like it's inevitable that we won't have enough time to do everything that uh, a kid requires. Yeah, just adding to what Nirek and everybody, the, the way we are discussing on this topic, right? What I have realized is uh, over the past few months where it's been uh, really a roller coaster ride on the work side, I've been very occupied with work, even if I'm at home, I'm actually not present. And, right. and, and kids really get that sure. very easily. I mean, within five minutes, they can tell <laughs> whether your dad is actually present here mentally or is he thinking of something else. Right. So They've known you their whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what I am trying to do these days is once I'm home, I, I keep these uh, away. And now I've started putting this in airplane or silent mode. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is even though I come back home, say at 5.30 or 6, uh, and, and my other client is in LA, in PST zone, so they yeah. are two hours behind me. Right. They expect that and they keep, you know, yeah. there are calls. So I've stopped taking those calls mm -hmm. after I'm home. And, and how can I uh, you know, do that? So I, I don't even know if somebody called me. Right. So nowadays what I do is I, I put that cell phone away mm -hmm. and really spend that two hours or whatever quality time you may want to call uh, focused because if this is there, trust me, you will start checking WhatsApp when you are you know, with your kids, asking him to do a homework mm -hmm. and then he'll ask you a question and then you're so engrossed in the phone, you're checking something or you're trying to reply on your Outlook emails, that make it that somehow I feel makes it, uh, you know, you are distracted at the first place and not giving the time that they really want. So I'm trying this out where uh, I'm, I'm trying to put it and trust me, two hours, nothing is going to, the hell is not going to you know, break loose because right. you are not reachable or you're not uh, answering any calls or you're not responding to emails or even WhatsApp, right? So I think that will somehow, uh, make a difference and I see my elder one actually recognizes especially when I'm playing soccer with him I don't take the phone also with me because right. I know uh, I can be called by people around and I don't want to break that momentum when I'm playing with them so that way he's really happy. One thing you guys may not realize is that people under 30 keep most of them keep their phones on silent and when I say silent, I mean silent, like uh, you might think vibrate. No, not even vibrate, because if it's on the table, you can hear it vibrate. And you know why? It's because they know they're going to look at their phone eventually, within 30 minutes or within an hour, right? So if the phone is on silent and nobody calls each other, right? Um, they all text each other, right? And so the phone is, if you're under 30, most likely your phone is always on silent, okay? Because you know you're going to eventually end up looking at it and responding when you have time to a text or to a post or to anything like that. You know you're going to do that multiple times a day. Let's say you do it 10 times a day. Um, well, then you access it on your time. Uh, the vibration isn't bothering you. Even if it's in your pocket, the vibration isn't bothering you. You're still focused on what you're doing. So that might be something that we can learn from young people. Thanks, everybody, for coming today. I really appreciate that. Thank you.